From the 15th floor of the Energy Building, this is GNR Airtime, the podcast that explores the current trends from emerging and well-established industries hosted by the lawyers of GNR. This podcast is for general guidance only and does not constitute definitive advice. Welcome back to GNR Airtime. My name is Bogus Jackson, and for this week's episode, I am joined by my partner from the corporate team, Pak Harun Resodiputro. Hi, Pak. Welcome. Hi, Gus. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. So happy to have you here, Pak. Welcome back. Thank you. So for this week's episode, Pak, we, what we're going to be discussing is something, uh, something that's a little bit different, but it's still going to be. If, if not more interesting than our usually legal tidbits because we are going to dive a little bit into the world of consulting. I think there's going to be a lot of question from our listeners, especially why consulting? I mean, you guys have been providing legal tidbits uh, on regulatory development and stuff. So why now? I think we're going to have someone who is more than capable of providing us with the with the answers of why the consulting world. We're very excited uh, that for this episode, we're joined by Sally Duar, the CEO of A&O Consulting. Hi, Sally. Welcome, Sally. Hi. Thank you so much for having me today. Really appreciate it. We're, the pleasure is ours. So I guess we just have to kick the discussion off with, I think, Paharun, you would like to start. Pa- Thank you, Bagus. Hi, Sally. Hi. Thank you very much for joining us. Well, our client told us that they were facing some challenges in relation to their transactions. So we would like to explore what a Consulting have been doing to help and assist our clients? Yes, of course. Maybe as a start, could you tell us a little bit more about the background of a Consulting? So um, we are a strategic regulatory advisory and consulting business. And that was established in 20, 2018. And the reason we came about was because the clients in London particularly were saying to um, legal practice, Um, partners, particularly in our financial services business, you know, you come in, you give us legal advice, um, and then you disappear. And often you disappear at the point where we need to interpret that legal advice or translate it into policies, procedures, compliance frameworks, risk assessment frameworks, or perhaps you come in at the end of an investigation when we when we need to to do remediation, or perhaps at the end of an M&A deal, when you hand us the keys, and that's the most challenging part for us in terms of um, integration of two new businesses. So there's lots of occasions where uh, lawyers come in and provide us with legal advice, but disappear just at the point where we need that extra piece of help. And that often means we either try and do it ourselves, or we um, go to a another um, consulting, you know, a consulting firm. But in doing so, we we're experiencing a loss of quality, a loss of time, increased cost, um, and we we're wondering therefore why um, a firm like ANO can't extend its legal service offering to give us a bit more because recognizing that there are some consulting services that are already done within legal firms, but but expanding that service offering to give us 
um, more help support at the times that we need it. So that was what client feedback was um, was giving to, to some of the AO partners. And so um, a AOC was born. And I came from my background was an, an ex-regulator um, for the Financial Services Authority in the UK, and then was I was at JP Morgan for uh, for eight years after that, doing regulatory advisory work. And the profile of the team tends to be ex-regulators and we've got ex-regulators from uh, the UK authorities, from the US, from um, uh, the EU, knowledge of the EU regulatory environment and also from the Australian regulators. So we're, we're either ex-regulators and or ex-business um, practitioners, those particularly who've been through large change programmes within uh, big banks. We've also got um, the you know, the ex-head of, of um, compliance of a big banking institution. We've got the ex-head of regulatory affairs. We've got the ex-general manager of one of the largest domestic banks in Australia. So we've got a really senior team of practitioners who understand how to implement what the politics are like within big organisations um, and how to deliver successful um, outcomes for, for our clients. Whoa, what an interesting background. I understand that your team members are also very experienced. Yes, certainly. So we're not trying to replicate the big four. We're not trying to have hundreds of junior people that we can put into firms. We're really trying to be at that strategic advisory level to the C-suite where they really need help and support from people who've lived it, breathed it, been been through it. That, so that's the, the operating model. Now, the way you support our clients, would that be similar to the way we, the lawyers, are supporting our clients? So there's the sorts of mandates that we have um, fall into, I guess, three categories. Either we're, we support the legal team's on some of their mandates. So if I if I just give you some examples as we go along. So at the minute we're working with the litigation investigation team on um, an investigation that they're doing where we're supporting the client with remediation advice alongside the investigation that, that's currently going on. It's a regulatory investigation. So we're essentially helping the client remediate its weaknesses as the investigation um, sort of progresses. So the, the legal team are helping us to understand what needs to be fixed and we're helping the client put in place those frameworks to um, to strengthen this in this particular case it's their um, their AML framework. So that would be one example of where we are working alongside um, the, the investigation team at the point of the, the legal mandate. There are other examples where um, the legal team make an introduction for us. So, for example, um, one of the corporate partners noticed that their client had made a regulatory breach. He was a relationship. He's a relationship partner for that client. And he called us up and said, my client needs to have a board effectiveness review done 
very quickly to meet a regulatory obligation because it's just had a regulatory breach. Can you come in and do that um, that board effectiveness review? And so it was a it was a brand new mandate done through the introduction um, from the the legal practice. So that would be a, another example. So our projects tend to be um, short, sharp projects. We tend to work on a fixed price basis to give the client certainty. And, and the output tends to be a report um, of observations, recommendations, um, or we may even do some design and implementation. So for example, it may be the, the client says to us, can you help us with our conflicts policy or our tax evasion policy or our uh, AML framework or um, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to do some work on governance. Can you help us design new, a new governance framework and, and all the component parts that go with that? So we do multiple styles of, um, of mandate, um, both on our own and in conjunction with the legal practice. Right, right. Okay, so thanks, Ali. That's that's a very, very, very good example. I think Bagus cannot wait to, to fire his question. <laughs> Go ahead, Gus. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I because I find this really interesting. But uh, so Sally, you mentioned that I think, and from your explanation, the types of mandates, the types of services that the AOC AO Consulting provides to the client is, it's. It's, it's a bit different, which brings me to my next question, actually. So in the current economic environment, right? So it is, I think it's important that businesses uh, find ways to stand out, tighten operation, or even, and eventually increase their revenue while keeping expenses low, obviously. So I think many businesses struggle to stay ahead of the competition because they're so busy with day-to-day -day operations, especially in smaller businesses. And I think sometimes they forget on how to properly invest their time to scale the company. Or even as you mentioned uh, early in the discussion that sometimes following a certain M&A transaction, they fall into this uh, box of trying to fix everything before actually uh, moving forward to another project in a way to scale the company. I know that what AOC tends to provide is a fixed type of services, uh, usually on a fixed rate and then usually on a smaller uh, uh, types of mandates, a uh, short-term uh, type of mandate. But can you just maybe uh, share with us the other maybe types of services that AOC also provide? Yeah, of course. We've got, we've got a few really exciting examples of things that we're doing. So we, um, we've got a big project that we've been working on to support scale-up companies, which is exciting. Um, and what we're trying to do there is recognize that many scale-up companies don't have aren't, aren't big enough yet to, to take the services of um, of Alan and Obi, the legal services. But what AOC can do is help to act as a filter for those companies as they're coming up the growth path. And then when they get to, you know, level, um, you know, their C um, funding or um, or further on and become big enough to to sort of need a and o they've already been introduced to them through the services that we've been able to provide to them as smaller entities so we've de developed we've worked with fuse um, with shruti a lot we've worked with um wilson and Turner a lot in looking at how can we become the trusted advisor 
to growth companies before they get to the point where um, they're ANO clients and, and to help them transition to, to be ANO clients as they grow bigger. And so what we've done is we've created a microsite which has got lots of useful um, self-starting advice and um, self-help collateral and know-how to enable companies to understand how to grow and scale safely and um, effectively and proportionately for the size, scale and complexity of their business so that they spend money on consulting services, advisory services at the right points in their development. They don't grow into something that's bureaucratic and difficult to grow and scale, but equally they put the right governance frameworks, control frameworks, culture, um, uh, thought leadership, um, employee processes in place at the right time in the at the right level of growth so that they can scale efficiently and so we've come up with a, a micro get access to our microsite they get um, free collateral free know-how to help them with governance with culture with their systems and controls with regulatory advisory services we've got lots of podcasts on like this we've got uh, lots of know-how published know-how um, and literature that we've created it's very user-friendly it's very plain english startup businesses aren't interested in the you know in the bureaucracy and complexity of building a business they're interested in the products and services and markets and and all that sort of interesting stuff so what we're trying to do is help them put those basics in place as they go and then we've provided a whole suite of really cost effective fixed price services to help them spend their consulting budget on the right things at the right time so that would be one example i would cite Another example is um, our culture work that we've been doing. So again, we would say, if you want to be a successful company, you can have the best product base in the world, but unless you have the right culture in your organization um, and the right governance and the right control environment, you, you won't ultimately be successful. So one of the things that we've um, done a lot of work on with lots Lots of different and we were trying to create something that would enable culture to, as a tool for, for scale up companies and so we've created a culture app and that this culture app can be downloaded onto employees phones and you can push very short quick search or theme is that you're wanting to explore with your employees so it might be around sexual harassment or diversity and inclusion or bullying or respect or escalation and we've got a database of about 200 scenarios from which we can build a bespoke survey that survey takes two to three minutes for an employee to fill in and then the data gets collated immediately in the buyers in the center and we can therefore give themes back to the leadership as to how different parts of the business are responding to the values in different ways and that's been really helpful for firms during lockdown where everybody is more dispersed than normal and social personal uh, um, X uh, and other sort of cultural influences may impact your day-to-day decision-making that in a normal environment would have a natural check and challenge of being in a in a in a workplace um, so that's another really exciting tool that we've, we've developed that just 
is really to help companies start to think about these um, issues that really can impact the success of their businesses, but in a very practical and, and cost-effective way. Right. Wow. I didn't think that it would be. It would cover the service. Would cover. Uh, 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 sorry, I'm losing my train of thoughts because I think the challenge for a small for a small business owner, for example, uh, for someone who's just starting, even pre pre any seed round of funding whatsoever, I think the challenge is to understand the role of a consultant. I think in their business, it's very interesting and useful. I suppose uh, what AOC is doing because essentially. We're, we're, we're also trying to educate uh, small business owners, uh, someone who's just starting uh, to learn how and when it would be cost effective to hire a consultant. Yeah, exactly. And, and we, we would say, you know, as, as you point out, that this is largely discretionary funding consultancy. So obviously, if you're helping a firm with a, with a regulatory remediation or um, some sort of um, policy implementation, then then you might argue that's non-discretionary, but other things, whether it's to set up a, a robust governance framework or it's to put in place your purpose values statement, or it's to help leadership be equipped to build an effective business from the outset. This, this can be seen as very sort of esoteric and um, you know, less um, quantitative um, in nature. And so it's harder for firms to determine when the right point to um, to make that investment is and and part of the microsite that we have tries to identify in the first 12 to 18 months of a company's um, uh, maturity um, journey, 18 months to two years, two years to three years, etc. Et as it grows, what are the sorts of things it should be investing in, in terms of making sure it's got the right governance framework. I mean, when you're when you're a, a new company, you don't need to have a fully fledged board with, with all the kind of bells and whistles around it, but you do need to know what your escalation processes are, who's going to take decisions, when a decision should be taken, and and for um, which which decisions need um, you know a collective um, group to make that decision. So you need to from the outset, be able to put the frameworks in place um, and spend the right money and, and to spend it wisely so that you, 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 you focus on making sure that what you do at any point in time is going to be scalable for the future. So um, yeah, th so this, this microsite will, will help firms try to identify what they should be doing at what point in their evolution. Yeah, that's that's very interesting explanations. I didn't realize that the services of ANO Consulting are quite broad and those services can be very helpful for our clients. My next question now is how can we integrate ANO Consulting with our existing legal services to provide a bigger support and added value to our clients? Yeah, I think the, the best the best time to to do it is at the the outset of a mandate. So um, when a pitch comes pitch comes in is to, in the same way that um, I'm sure at the minute you're thinking about, should we be pushing um, Aosphere or PMO or um, Legal Tech or Belfast into the, into the mix to make the service as cost effective for the client as possible, recognizing that those are all um, legal services to, to support the legal mandate. At the same time, we should be thinking, is there an 
um, an opportunity to give the client something additional, um, you know, thought leadership, non-legal, practical. I guess the, the word I would always use for us is practical, because even if you're doing a legal mandate, it it's often useful for you to have a different perspective in terms of, of what the client needs or how to make something actually operate successfully within the client. So understanding how the business operates in practice and where you know the, the tensions that, that lie naturally between front office and back office or uh, legal and compliance or risk and compliance or risk in the business, actually understanding those can often enable you to come up with a better solution for the client. It's, it's absolutely right to say that there is an area between pure consulting services and pure legal services where it's grey and actually the mandate could be executed by a legal team or by a consulting team. So by having um, the legal practice and the consulting practice together gives you a bigger pool of talent to call, call upon if everybody's busy. So hopefully it enables you not to, to turn work away, but also just to think, actually, is the, if we want to win this mandate, do we need to think about something a bit differently? And could we build in some consulting time either at a strategic level or at an implementation level to give the client the very best um, outcome that we possibly can. So that's how I would um, think about it. And, and honestly, you just, in some ways you have to try it and, and it's only really by trying it that you can then see the, the real value of, of doing something like that. Fantastic, this is very innovative. Yeah, just, just, just to echo what you just, uh, what you just said. I think there will come a point in every business uh, when the C level, with the owner, uh, when it's uh, the founders realize that they need advice and probably they wonder whether or not they should uh, hire a consultant. And I think if they come to the the lawyers, our typical answer would be it depends on when to focus first, and it depends on how much money you have now in your pool. But I think by having a consulting team working side by side with the lawyer with the legal team we're going to be able to provide a different answer so because i think and i've been hearing also that to grow a business or penetrate certain markets uh, be it an established business or a startup they can always benefit from having external counsel i'm, I'm not sure if that's always the case that's always true do you think this is always true sally uh, what that you need to, that you need legal counsel and consulting to be successful is that the question yeah 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 i mean i i just think we we all come at it from a, a completely different angle i mean i've got lawyers in my team but we don't we don't practice law um and so the way that we think about the same question. So just to give you another example, we've just done a thought piece. We published it today with um, Sarah Henshaw's, uh, Sarah Hitchens and Consulting, in which we looked at um, the some conduct issues that the UK regulators are focused on. And they're, they're, they just think about um, conduct in quite a thought leadership way. And what we've tried to do as legal and consulting is to first interpret what the regulation actually says and what firms are required to do under the law to conduct good business. So your kind of your conduct of business rules. And then um, my team as ex-regulators and ex-business practitioners can look at that law and say, this is how you have to interpret it in practice 
to achieve the regulatory objective and the business objective and to help those align because often uh, the, the legal requirement and the business requirement but also the social um, expectation historically may have been different and and in today's world we have to align those three in order to get the right outcome for a successful business right so this has been a very interesting discussion just a final question for me sally this service obviously uh, is something that we can definitely uh, talk about with our clients now moving forward i think Bahar uh, would agree with you on that one you mentioned earlier that the services the, the team member of aoc uh, primarily are based uh, in the UK, in Europe, and some uh, some are also in Australia. But would AOC team be able to provide services to uh, to our clients wherever they are? Yeah, so we, we've set ourselves up as a global practice. And, and actually, if there is any benefit from COVID, it's the fact that um, the, the concept of working remotely um, opens up the world to you. So um, we have worked with clients in, um, in Hong Kong, um, obviously in in uh, across Australia, um, in the US, where you know, so we would even though the majority of our team is in London, you know, we we can span that horizon, and we will put more people on the ground more locally. We have thought about whether to expand into Hong Kong, Singapore, for example, and I think it's got to be demand driven. So, so the the plan is that we would support clients from London and Australia initially, and if then demand grows, we would be happy to work with the local partnerships to put um, people on the ground. But 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 I think we're we're trying to be cautious and dynamic in our approach, um, but also to provide that global service offering. And one of the big advantages of having um, somebody, a team in Australia is that we've got pretty much 24 hour productivity, which is really helps us um, be very responsive to our clients. Right, right. That's That sounds like an interesting plan moving forward. Maharun maybe has a final notes or remarks or even you may, maybe Sally, what, what do you think about the service on the future of legal service? Is this uh, legal and consulting uh, uh, business models are uh, is it is it the future of the legal services <laughs> definitely well i would say uh, for sure <laughs> yeah um, and just from what i've what i've experienced in the last two years i mean it, it, it's only going to get more and more important for for clients who are searching for efficiency they're searching for quality they're searching for good value um and the more that that we can give that through our model, um, you know, the, the more successful that, that we will collectively be, I think. And, um, you know, it's this huge competition for, for client work. And so firms, whether it's the, the big four who are moving into legal services or legal firms who are branching out into technology and consulting and managed services, I think we're all just trying to be innovative um, and thoughtful. And the great thing about AO is that we are incredibly in innovative and forward thinking as a firm. Right. Yep, yep. I would second that any time of the year. <laughs> Baharun, any final thoughts? Thank you, Bagus. Thinking about our clients and how to continue supporting them in various ways, AO Consulting is one of the supports that we can offer to our clients. I think our clients should try it and experience it. Perfect, Baharun. Thank you so much. Sally, any, any, any final thoughts or any final uh, sponsored 
message that you might want to uh, deliver to our listeners? No, I mean, it would be, we've got plenty of, of materials for sending to clients. We've got, um, as I say, we've got, a, we've got a couple of one minute videos, one that shows what our scale up offering is, one that shows what um, our culture offering is. So it'd be great if we can somehow get those out to your audience, but that would be my message. Perfect. Perfect. That's for sure. So I think that would conclude our discussion for this week. I'm super happy that uh, you're able to join us, Sally, for this week's discussion. Thank you. And Paharun, thank you so much for joining me uh, as well on this episode. I'm looking forward to be discussing more and more topics with you. Thank you very much, Bagus. And thank you again, Sally, for joining us.